A critical inflation measure came out today, ladies and gentlemen, and the number was much softer than anticipated, sending Wall Street in a cheering mood as we head out, the, head into the weekend and close out the month of January. Welcome, everyone, to Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah, it's hotter than hell out here. Look at this. Look at you. Look at you. You're wearing, you're wearing like a sweater vest or something look at, like look that. At, look at Roe. Well, mean, you look very like, stylish. Well, let me introduce Chris Rowe. Yeah, okay. We're bringing Chris Rowe back. Chris was here last week for Buy, Hold, Sell, and he did so great. And the listeners and viewers loved everything that Chris had to say. So what do we do? We had to bring him back. So, Chris, welcome to the show from Tree Market Insiders. We're happy to have you back. Great to be here. Thanks for having me back. Fantastic. Well, I want to start with you on this block right now, because I got to tell you, you have a Dow you had uh, that was actually up triple digits today. We we closed near near the flat line. But for the week, the Dow is up and looking good. For the month, it's looking even better. And I got to say, when I look across the board, across the spectrum of stocks, and all we hear is doom and gloom, yeah, well, all we do is see Wall Street going north. What do you think? Is this a trend that's going to continue at least into the foreseeable future? It has legs. It certainly has legs. It's uh, it's not because there's so much overwhelming buying, but because a lot of the sellers just got knocked out of the market in uh, 2022. So it's very easy for stocks to move higher. The barometer you want to watch is the semiconductor sector, because if the semiconductors are strong and outperforming the market, when the market's up, it's a real rally. You want to watch for pullbacks. The pullbacks are going to be preceded when the stock market is up, but semiconductors are not that strong. Um, but I think overall, the general market continues higher. We are in the middle of a bull market. Toby, what do you think now, buddy? I got to tell you, we've been trying to be negative. We're trying so hard to be negative, but it's tough to be negative now. Everything seems to be doing really well. Yeah, well, you know, it takes a, a big man to make this admission. And now I'm going to get a little taller here. This, this is as big as I can. Uh, <laughs> The, you know, we, we were right to be short in 2022. We were right to be long energy and so on and so forth. 22 is a great year for us. But clearly, it's a big but. yeah, clearly, uh, and don't stand up. Uh, clearly, <laughs> the, the issue here is, I think what Chris is right. In other words, the sellers have sold and the short levels continue to carry on, but they're not nearly as high as they were, you know, coming into the year. Remember at the end of, of November, first part of December. I mean, we had tax selling like on every crappy stock you ever saw. And, and you'd see these volumes just going higher and higher and higher. And yeah, people were locking in losses. That made sense. Um, the money that was buying was still the two forms of cash money. Number one, you know, pensions were not buying very much then because the, the year they were trying to balance out. We got into the first part of this year and pensions that we follow, the cash are buying. The one that's blowing me away, and I'm, you know, eating and swallowing my words here, is, you know, my feeling and the look of the market, which was that we were going to have a sort of back to the future market that, you know, earnings counts, revenue counts, earnings per share counts, growth, et cetera, et cetera. So what's leading? Kathy Wood stocks, ARKK? Is that you love, you love Kathy Wood. You bring I mean, her up every show. Well, I mean, because she was the poster child of, you know, of the brain dead craziness. Uh, right. And Mazel Tov to that. The only Mazel issue, Tov. You know, the only issue is she doesn't have any cell discipline. So Mazel Tov for making, you know, 180% a year, uh, not so <clears throat> good losing 170% in the same year, right? But clearly, the only thing I can take away here is that true cult stocks, like we bought Tesla this week because I can't stand the pain anymore. We bought it years ago. We bought it on Bulls and Bears at an IPO at about 70 bucks. We bought it again. We made stupid money. 
And then it got stupid. And I said, you know what? I'm a mature adult and I'm not going to hold something that's selling for 7,500 times its earnings. Well, guess what? Now they could cut prices and they're still making 10 times the margin that the the, the other guys are. So Tesla's yeah. working and ARC's working. So I will say, up shame my ixnay here. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, but... Mr. Rowe would say, if it's if it's working, don't fix it. <laughs> Chris, I, I, what do you I, think? I mean, go you you have an interesting thought on the semiconductors. I don't understand that though, because even though you had Intel with poor earnings and their guidance is terribly weak, but across the board, this sector still did well today. Doesn't make any sense. Well, that that should tell you something about the strength of the market. You know, yeah. and when when you have negative news or half-assed good news, and stocks still fly, that just tells you what stocks really want to do. And I'll preface what I want to say about tech. If everybody looks at, let's just say a, a performance chart, um, we'll pop it up on the screen. I'll send you the image. We'll pop it up on the screen. Look at the sectors, the 11 major sectors compared to the S&P. Consider that January, especially in a pre-election year, it's a key month, very important month. It, there's so much scheduled contributions to the market coming in, so much inflows by funds that are scheduled. They're going to put the money in the market, whether they're bullish or bearish, they just yeah. have to, it's scheduled. So if January is a weak month, you want to be very careful. If you can't do well in January, it's a problem. But if you look at this January so far, the S&P is up over 6%. And if you look at the, there's only three of the 11 sectors that are down. They are the three defensive sectors. It's healthcare, staples, and utilities. So that speaks more volume about the stock market. The strongest sectors are going to be, um, uh, consumer discretionary. So when people feel like spending money, strongest sector um, after uh, communication services. So that brings me to technology, it, which includes, in, in a sense, communication services. They used to merge those two sectors together, in fact. Right. Um, communication services was the worst sector in 2022. So when you have, you're coming out of a bear market in October, November, you're going into a new bull market. First, it's a little dicey, a little shaky, but once everybody agrees we are in a bull market, all those unloved sectors, shorts cover and they outperform. So you've got the top three strongest sectors for January so far being discretionary, as we discussed, this is very important, uh, communication services and technology, major technology. So you have that follow through. It's not just the fact that tech's doing well. It's the message that that conveys to us. If I can take another moment and just break down tech, tech has four subsectors. It's very important you know the story of tech, four subsectors. You've got semiconductors, internet, software, computers. Tech was the worst. It was the worst along with communication services, similar sectors in 2022, especially the second half of the year. Tech was garbage. Even when everything bottomed out, tech had a hard time um, rising with it. Then once you had the uh, full results of the midterm elections, if you break the market into 41 subsectors, the number one best performing sector was semiconductors. And semiconductors is a real barometer for the health of the rallies. Now, semiconductors, one of the four tech sectors, was the strongest, number one out of 41 sectors. The other tech sectors were dead last. They were at the bottom. Now we're seeing internet has moved from the bottom up to the top with semiconductors. So not all tech is created equal. If you're in the tech sector, you want to be in semiconductors. Now the new, the new game is internet stocks. As far as software and computers, leave those alone for the time being. Not all tech is created equal. Yeah, I mean, also let's, let's you know, remember that communications, right, services is... Facebook and Google. I mean, yeah, Google, exactly. That's, you know, 75% of the market cap. So, um, 
Yeah, I, it, it is very interesting, uh, Chris. Before I uh, became a, a, a pledge uh, to your company, I did not follow the the you know the the minute structure here. And you know, again, I I'm like Mr. Semiconductor. I think we were you know one of the first people uh, to be on that road for a long time with. AMD, remember at $4 or $2.75, but the double billing and the double ordering that was happening, you know, because of the, the auto crisis and they couldn't get chips and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, we saw a classic top on the supply where these double orders all ultimately could get fulfilled and you'd have too much to distribute a little bit, et cetera, which we got. But the fact that you're watching them come back, you're right. It, it says a lot about it because what it says is, I think, is that the inventories were drawn down that, um, you know, we have new products coming out and that, oh, by the way, uh, none of those new plants that are coming on that Intel lost, you know, $14 billion on this last deal. Uh, none of those are going to be coming on until 2025, including one in our backyard here, Taiwan Semiconductor, which is uh, going to be a, a, you know, an $18 billion plant. So we're in a sweet spot, bro. I'll give you that, my brother. I'll yeah, bet you they, um, uh, they call they end up the strongest sector of the year. I'll bet you semiconductors end up the strongest. This time next year, we're going to be talking about the strongest sector. It's going to be semiconductors. Right now, with the, when you look at the numbers year to date, NASDAQ up 11% this month. It just seems too easy. You're talking about consumer discretionary, Chris. Yeah. And when I look at the, the spending patterns, you actually had consumer spending that was down. Uh, on a, in a report that came out this morning. When I look at that and I start thinking, how the hell is this happening? And consumer spending is down. How is it that the consumer discretionary stocks are up? It just doesn't make sense. And it does seem too easy right now. And well, that's the scare factor. All right. Well, Todd, Todd, <laughs> there's a couple of issues. Toby's going to say what I was going to say. I already no, know it. No, no, no. This, right, this, well, you guys are the professionals. This, let's hear it. This has to do with macro, not that shit that he does. Uh, you know, in, in China, they're opening up. And uh, I have some, you know, dear friends in Europe who are in the high-end uh, business, and I wish I was closely related to them. But all of a sudden, they're saying what you're now going to start to really been saying, you'll see in the paper, is that all of a sudden, you know, the Louis LMHF store and the Champs-Élysées in Paris, that's that's in France, uh, Todd, just FYI. Sorry to use those great words. That's the way they make still, the croissants. Yeah, yeah, it's filled with Chinese who are buying stuff like crazy because they've been locked down, you know, like crazy, number one. Number two, there's a weird concept or strange relationship here. When the stock market goes up in value, people who actually own stocks, which is, you know, essentially only the top 15% of Americans um, in any size, they feel wealthier. It's called the wealth effect. The whole thing on the Fed was, was to knock stock down, to, to knock these things down, to take the negative wealth effect, because that would slow consumer demand. Well, somebody forgot to tell the NASDAQ stock market because being up is hypothetical right. to what the Fed's trying to do. The Fed's trying right. to, you know, to cut discretionary spending. Because remember, if 20% of the people in the United States essentially own 90% of the wealth, because that's the math, then when yeah. you go up 10% or 15%, you know, you're like me today. I mean, I went out, I bought two Starbucks today because I was feeling so rich. Look uh, at you. Yeah, I, I'm, that's how I roll, brother. That's how I did roll. You, did you go there in your limousine? No, I did not. But I <laughs> but I went there with my plastic cup. I do not use their cups. I'm a, I'm a very, very dedicated You're to my own cup. Such an environmentalist. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have... I, I agree with Toby. Like, but like you said, it's uh, not going to be the macro story that I tell. All I'm going to say is, 
you know, the stock market predicts what the economy is going to be doing in six to nine months. So whatever the economy is doing right now, whatever reports you're hearing, that's not what the, the stock market's um, reacting to. And consumer discretionary is um, mostly uh, Tesla and Amazon, two small companies right. I don't know if you've heard of. But yeah. the two of them together make up about 40% of the consumer discretionary uh, S&P index. So XLY being the almost the strongest, but, but it is number two. Uh, it does make a lot of sense. Todd, yeah, Todd, that, Todd can I ask that Chris never come on the show? I mean, he, yeah, has, I, I, they, he totally embraided shit. me. He totally <laughs> embraided me the whole thing. Yeah, and that, and that stock was Amazon. I'll have to remember that. I'll, yeah, yeah, it Amazon, I'll, right. I'll Google it later. I'll Google it later. Yeah, they, they sell it. books online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear good things. All yeah, right, well, I listen, guys, let's, let's, let's leave it there because coming up next, after the break, I want to talk about the Fed meeting next week. What kind of an impact that could have on stocks? Is the rally going to continue? And also, I want to get to your buy, hold, sell predictions because we're bringing that back today, ladies and gentlemen. So please stay with us. It should have never left. <laughs> buy, hold, sell brought to you by Crosscheck Management. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read. Did you know that 82% of all internet traffic is video? At Bigwig Media, we believe that not only is video the present, it's the future. Are you looking to tell your story in a more dynamic and effective way? Bigwig is designed to be your production studio whenever you need it. Our team will give you a tour and a consultation to identify your needs and we'll make it easy for you. Bigwig works with trade associations, corporations, and nonprofit advocacy groups to provide broadcast quality content, media trainings, capture stakeholder fly-ins, and hold live and virtual events. Everybody is a Bigwig at Bigwig Media. Let's tell your story. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube.
Welcome back, everyone, to Buy, Hold, Sell. Today is Friday, January 27th, the final Friday of the month. And we are continuing to see a rally across the board, across the spectrum of all the major indices that are out there. The Dow right now, this month, is up over 2%, 2.5%, and continues to trend higher as we see that across the board. And we do have Chris Rowe with us from True Market Insiders. I want to invite all of our listeners and viewers to go to truemarketinsiders.com and sign up for his free newsletter. Because Chris, I got to tell you, you have a just a bucket of information, especially on this show today. But now that we have the Fed, the big Fed meeting coming up next week, all expectations are looking at a 25 basis point hike. We had Sam Stovall on the show earlier this week. He's from CFRA Research. He said his economists are actually predicting a pause after the meeting next week. I think if that's the case, you're going to see stocks go to the moon. But what do you think? Yeah, I happen to agree with you, although I, I try not to focus too much on what the Fed uh, says or does, because I, I think they're, they're you know, kind of full of it a little bit. Um, but and a lot of it happens to be priced into the market. But based on what the Fed does and what they say, I think it gives you pretty big buying opportunities in commodity-based stocks and commodity-based sectors. You know, you've got a commodity uh, group that's still very strong, even if the commodity itself, like the underlying commodity, like gold, Precious metal stocks are still doing good, uh, or energy, oil, energy stocks and oil services are still doing good. So they have the wind at their sails. So when any Fed news or inflation news comes out that, for whatever reason, knocks those stocks down, I think it's a blessing in disguise. I think that it's a great time to step in and buy those types of stocks that are affected adversely when the Fed news comes out. Well, first off, Chris, they're doing well, not good. Secondarily, uh, <laughs> The, the, the bigger issue here is I'm just amazed that people don't believe, if you look at the data, people don't believe that the Fed is going to raise 50, one half percent, 50 base point, probably in two, two times here. They, they've done exactly what they said they were going to do. Now, they really effed it up for about two years before that. And the, you know, the transient inflation may go down as the, the dumbest uh, call ever made. But now they're even more involved in you know trying to get their credibility back, so I you know I think it's strongly likely that they're going to do exactly what the Fed futures say, exactly what the the, the Fed whispers at the Wall Street Journal um, get fed by the Fed. So we'll get this 25 basis points. They're going to you know then say we're going to look for data. Obviously, if they did not raise, then you would see the first 1500 point Dow uh, in a long time. We're going to be long the call options, just in case Mr. Rowe is correct, but I think it's it's highly unlikely. Why? Again, because first off, there's still a huge amount of people that believe that as soon as there's one whiff of you know negative GDP, our index, our macro index is at, at 14.8. 15 is the point where we're in, in recession. If you look at the Atlanta GDP now, which is really the only number that really makes any sense because it's done in a somewhat of a current way, they GDP for the first quarter is showing 1.6%. Last quarter, it was showing 3.2%, and it was dead right. So if they're going to drop almost 50% in GDP, um, that's going to tell the market that A, the Fed is working. B, there is going to be lower GDP. So maybe we don't want to you know, pay as high multiples as we are right now. But if they were to say, hey, we're, we're done, then I don't know. I'm going to buy, Chris, a, a, a ticket on the uh, on the big jetliner for 8000 miles an hour to France. Nice. 
So he can go see some of his, uh, you know, relatives. He gets some I, croissants I, as well. <laughs> I try to let the, the, you know, price behavior do the talking. I, I'm seeing the, uh, you know, the U.S. dollar index moving lower, so that's great. But when I see uh, utility stocks, um, they're the worst performing sector there is, and utility companies uh, don't like when interest rates are going up. So, I mean, that tells me that smart money is is banking on, uh, you know, continued hikes for some time. You know what? Let's do it right now, guys. Let's just break up this Breaking news right now, Chris. What are your buy, hold, sell predictions at this time? Oh, well, let's start with the buy, which I alluded to a little bit earlier. Um, you know, I'm a buyer of commodity stocks. If you look at the, uh, you know, the sectors that are doing well, you know, energy this month of January is not one of them. It's kind of middle of the road. Um, it's giving you a nice buying opportunities because you're seeing pullbacks in oil and oil service. Specifically, I like oil service. I think it's provided a great buying opportunity. Uh, one company uh, that I'll give you is a little bit under the radar. Not a lot of people know about it, but Nine Energy, like the number nine and the symbols are nice and easy to remember. It's N-I-N-E. So you're seeing a pullback in nine, and I think that's a, that's a great stock to step in and buy uh, along with oil service. Um, I also like I also like um, precious metals sector very much, uh, kind of as a side note. Um, and I like uh, Almos Alamos Gold. And I have to actually pull the symbol up because I forget what the symbol is. I was just looking at the chart a second ago, and uh, I think it's one of the strongest ones out there. I'll tell you, it's AGI. So Almos Gold, AGI. So those are two. I gave you uh, the double whammy, oil service, precious metals, and 9NINE and AGI. Sorry if I broke the rules. Look um, at you. You're, you're, you're giving us bonus. This is great. I'm a rule breaker. Yeah. I'm and a risk way, taker. And by the way. <laughs> I'm a heartbreaker. Yeah. For our German viewers, it's nine, not no oil nine. service. Nine. <laughs> no, it's 999. Nine, nine. No, it's just nine. Um, so you want me to do the sell and the hold? Sure. Let's do it right now. You're on a roll. You want me to do it later? We can come back later. And no, 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 no. Todd, go, Todd, let's go. Todd can't take any more coffee. This is, you got to go now. <laughs> Sell your utility stocks. They're done. It's the worst. You know, you've got interest rates moving higher. Everything's working against utilities. And there are, there are very few groups out there. I told you there's 41 subsectors, right? There's only four that are not doing well. There's very few groups I wouldn't like to take in a dark room alone for about 2.5 minutes. Come out, a new man, 20 years old. Utilities is one of them. Utilities electric, utilities gas. Get the hell out. The stock that you want to stay away from is Duke Energy because it's a very um, popular stock. It's pulled back off of its high, so people might think it's a great buying opportunity, but it's down on big volume. Just stay the hell away from Duke. Sell it. Yeah. You want the yeah. hold? The hold is, of, of course, I already mentioned it, semiconductors. Semiconductors, okay. you know, and the reason I, I choose semiconductors as my hold is, you know, it's a, it's a sector that absolutely just exploded higher. People are going to have a hard time um, buying it on the cheap. They don't know if they should lock in their profits, though, because it's come so far so fast. I would say hold on to it. Don't take your profits. The, big, the most important things in the stock market sometimes to do is to hold on to those huge winners. It's very tempting to lock in your profits, but you're locking yourself out of future gains. So the stock that I like in the semiconductor sector, and the reason I call this the hold is because I've been recommending this since, I guess, single digits. It's AEHR, uh, AEHR uh, test systems. AEHR is the symbols. And it's trading at 3534 it's trading right at its high. I'd buy it with my eyes closed, both hands tied behind my back. Um, and that, that, that's a hold. Okay. So we're, we're calling it a hold, but it has exploded from about 17 bucks up to 35 in a matter of 
a month. So that's a whole. Right. First off, we're not talking about your sex preferences, your hand behind yourself. All that stuff. Oh, I never, I never alluded to, nor had I mentioned such a thing. I don't deny nor confirm. I'm just saying, hold on to semiconductors like Tom Cruise on the side of an airplane. Hold on tight. Look at you. Yeah. Hold well, on tight. AEHR happens to be a company that uh, my dear wife worked for years ago, and a friend of mine uh, is the president. So I'm a little uh, prejudiced. But the reason why they're doing so well is because they are the only service provider that can help with silicon carbide uh, semiconductors. Silicon carbide semiconductors are the ones that you have to use in electric vehicles, EVs, when it comes to the real high energy transfer because they the, 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 the reason about sil silicon carbide. So Wolf, W-O-L-F, is the biggest uh, silicon carbide maker. AEHR is the biggest service provider of the two right now, uh, Wolf actually put out some some not glowing numbers and pulled back. So I'm a I'm a buyer of Wolf and I'm a holder of AEHR because it's had such a great move. But I'm with you, Chris, that, that they are in the sweet spot for the next you know five to eight years in the semiconductor business. So I'm I'm waiting for that to pull back. Let me give you a you know so let me give you a buy and then a sell. In the in the sell space, the the large pharma drug companies you know came obviously a huge way and mRNA and the other guys. And right now they're in this lull because they don't have any new stuff coming out and spending in that sector on a relative basis is coming down. So I'd be I'd be selling my big tech winners right now, take some profits and, and move them. My 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 buy though is a company called AI. The tipper the the well the the company's name is CAI, but the ticker is AI. Tom Siebel, who started Siebel Systems, who for those of you who are under 60 years old won't remember. Um, Tom was the leading salesman for Oracle back in the day. I know Siebel Systems. Yeah, and then and then, uh, well, you're you know you're older than you look. And the um, he he quit because Larry wouldn't give him a raise and make him a senior vice president. So he started Siebel System, and he really started the first CRM, you know, consumer relation or customer relationship ma uh, management system. And then he sold it to Oracle for $7.8 billion. I love that, Chris. I love that sort of stuff. Well, he started this CAI and it's it's artificial intelligence as a service, right? You don't, you don't buy, buy it, you get it, you pay for it on a monthly basis. But with this, you know, with this huge CPT AI uh, deal that, that Microsoft has done, they are like in the catbird seat because what they do is they take off the shelf AI stuff and then they make it easy for a Nimwara like me to use um, and pay on a monthly basis. The stock went crazy over the last couple of days. Let's not chase it, man. But on that first pullback, it's just getting re-rated. You know, and sometimes in the stock market, an industry gets re-rated because people didn't think about it uh, as a growth industry. And now AI is, it, it's going to be a $77 billion industry by 2025. It's about $18 billion now. So I love that type of growth. And this is now sort of becoming a cult stock, which just means that, you know what? It can go from 20 to 40, like Beth, Beth of did today, right? Um, it's got a great symbol. Yeah, and it's got a great symbol. So I, I like AI. I own it. We're, we, we're recommending it. And AI is, you know, God knows. But I'm buying Unbelievable that. volume today. Wow. Yeah, volume. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's it's just it's the only ticker symbol that has AI in it, and and so people you know are just saying, God, I gotta buy AI. Hey Google, what's an AI stock? Oh, AI.com. Will it learn by <laughs> itself how to go up every day? 
Only, only if you start buying it, Ralph, and then, <laughs> then it's just, all right. Can't take the volume. Let me get you. The, let me get you mine. Now, sticking to Chris's theme of with the oil, I'm going to stick. I'm a big oil bull, so I am going to go with my buy as Exxon Mobil earnings come out on Tuesday. The the stock right now is trading just a little over 11 times forward earnings, but the median, historic medians, is 17 and a half times. So it's got room to grow. Plus, Exxon has a $50 billion repurchase plan through 2024. It's still got a lot of room there. It's a, it's obviously it lags uh, Chevron's recent announcement of $75 billion in stock buybacks. But who cares? $50 billion is still big-time money right now. It's got room to move. I like ExxonMobil. Hey, John, I don't want to burst your bubble, but, you know, ExxonMobil is about 60% natural gas, sweetheart. I mean, just, you know, I don't want to confuse you with the facts, but that's why Take it's it easy. <laughs> Take it easy. Take it easy. It's a, it's a great stock. It's like buying a pack of baseball cards. You put them in your attic, look at them 10 years later, they're worth a lot of money. Don't get so. me started on that. <laughs> there you go. All right, listen, I want to give you my sell first. My sell right now is Amazon. Earnings come out next week, but Amazon has this cloud computing business called AWS. And when I saw Microsoft's earnings come out, I was it was very worrisome on the Microsoft cloud side of how much damage it caused that company for their quarterly results. So I have to think that Amazon's gonna have something very similar, and that's gonna be the one that I would stay away from right now. And now, no rebuttal on that one, Toby? I'm waiting for something. No, no, I'm, I'm just thinking, remember, Todd, when you think really hard, you get a headache. So I mean, just, you know, try to <laughs> just, you know, stay I'm with, I'm with Todd. I gotta hey! say, Amazon, Amazon is Amazon is running into resistance. It's up on very light volume. Whenever it's down, it's down on about twice as much volume. Ugh. Yeah, but Mr. Tech Guy, what uh, the, the the S&P 500 is right at its 200-day moving average. The QQQs are right at is, Isn't that resistance too? I look at the resistance level on IWM, which is more of the real stock market. It's in small cap stocks. It's broken above those resistance levels. And the small caps lead the large caps. So these 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 old men's stocks, you know, they could stay below their, their, their resistance levels. But the small caps are gunning and usually they lead the market. Well, listen, unless I see Toby's okay. book go unless I see Toby's okay. book hit the top 20 in sales at Amazon to offset the losses they're going to have in the cloud side, I'd stay away from the stock. So that's my thought. Okay, listen, on my hold though, and I mentioned this before as a buy several weeks ago, Valero Energy. I would continue to hold this. The stock was down over four and a half percent today. And they just released earnings yesterday, but their margins are more than double right now as a year over a year ago. Plus, with that war taking place, I don't know if you guys heard Russia and Ukraine are in this battle right now. They're looking at a continued uh, rise in exports. If that's the case, Valero is going to be one of those stocks that you want to hold okay. on to, right. despite today's sell-off. All right. So, Todd, first off, actually, I do the comedy. And then next, the second thing is <laughs> for obvious reasons. And then the, the other you know, issue is that crack spreads. I'm not talking about you know Baltimore crack. I'm talking about the crack <laughs> Between the, when you take a barrel of oil and you turn it into uh, gasoline and, and diesel, um, is that an all-time record? Forty-four dollars. It's normally fourteen dollars. So now, right. should you hold it, you should also add MCO Marathon because they are the largest in the United States, in the world, and they sell at about a four to five times PE because they're very very cyclical. But OMG, I have never seen a crack spread on for refiners like this. So yeah, we're long, long and strong, yeah. both Valero and M MPL. Love that. Love that. And for all, and for the listeners and viewers, so you all know, we will have these buy, hold, sell uh, picks 
on uh, on our social media sites as well um, later on. Yeah, so so we'll definitely keep everybody up there. So listen, Chris, I want to leave this with you because what do you think to close out the show today? I mean, big things are happening. We're good. We're looking like January is going to be a wonderful month. What does history tell us about what we should expect in February? Oh, the pressure is on to close it out. We're in the strongest quarter out of the four-year presidential election cycle. Four years, four quarters. There's 16 quarters. This is historically the number one strongest quarter. And it's followed by the number three strongest quarter. So February falls in the strongest quarter. Uh, Given what we're seeing in January, it looks like there's going to be people that see that the stock market is now in a bull market. They're going to look overseas and see that they've been in a bull market. They're going to start to come to grips with reality a little bit more. Um, I think we're going into uh, February strong. So I'd be a buyer. I'd definitely be a buyer on the dips. That's right. We'll buy it. I'm a reformed uh, uh, bear, and um, I- You I, look like a bear. I don't think you can do it. Again, I'll, let me with the comedy, okay, Tom? Uh, and, uh, and I think that what's intriguing is, you know, there's all this data about, there's never been two years in a row that were bad. I mean, the only time it was was during the Depression. And there's a reason for that. And I think, uh, I think Chris talked to, and Todd, you did too, which is that simply automatic- reinvestments, automatic investments by pensions and 401ks and everything else happens no matter what. And at at the margin, at the balance here, they're the marginal buyer. In other words, they're the non-price sensitive buyer. They're going to buy the X amount because they're in the indexes. They don't care what the price of the stocks are. It's the index. And right now they're in control. So as long as they're in control, uh, it it makes sense. Um, If the Fed Flips, which uh, I, I will bet uh, Mr. Rowe, uh, I don't know, a, a dinner at one of those cool St. Pete restaurants with the good Pinot Noir. Um, <laughs> they're, they're not going to they're not going to cave in here. That that would lose whatever shreds of credibility they have left. And they're trying to rebuild that. And this idea that 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 inflation is coming down. But remember, inflation is coming down as all products and energy. It's all stuff. The services is not only sticky, but it's actually getting higher. And that's the that's in on Friday. We'll get the um, the PCE, the personal consumption expenditure number. That's the one to look at. Core PCE, uh, and if it if it stays you know relatively elevated, then our bull market will continue. But it's not it's not going to go crazy. If it drops, OMG, it's off to the races. Well, there you go. Well, listen, we will be having more more updated shows, obviously, next week to talk about the Fed and the and the FOMC's decision when they report on Wednesday. So, uh, but that's going to do it for us today on this buy, hold, sell. I'd like to uh, thank Chris Rowe for joining us. Please check out TrueMarketInsiders.com. Sign up for Chris's newsletter. It is a free newsletter. I think you're going to get a lot out of that. So on behalf of Tobin Smith and Chris Rowe, I am Todd Schoenberger. Have a wonderful weekend. And thanks again for watching us. So buy, hold, sell. Take care. Woohoo! The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.